In year 11, our case study for natural hazards are bushfires. And bushfires are essentially uncontrolled fires that are located in natural vegetation. So that could be native bushland or in other parts of the world in forests. And they also need to occur in either rural or semi-rural areas. So we don't include fires that are happening uh, in urban locations within this classification. Um, some countries will call them wildfires, particularly um, in North America. And they are a really common atmospheric hazard. Now, it might seem a bit weird to call them atmospheric hazards when they're uh, not starting in the atmosphere. But the reason why they have that classification is they can be ignited due to lightning strikes. That is quite common. And also the fact that extended periods of high temperature and also uh, low precipitation or drought can also lead to bushfires being more extreme. So that's why they have an atmospheric uh, classification. There's different types of bushfires that can occur. We can have what's called um, ground fires, which essentially just impact the soil um, and any grasses that are covering the surface of the earth. You can then have a surface fire, which uh, spreads to leaf litter, into plants, into small shrubs. And then you can have what's called crown fires, where essentially um, fires can reach the top of canopies or the tops of trees. Um, and these fires can be really quite dangerous because they spread really easily because of ember attacks, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So for causes of bushfires, uh, we essentially refer to a diagram that's known as the fire triangle. And there's three elements to our triangle, which are oxygen, heat and fuel. So for a bushfire to occur, it needs all of those three key elements. So if we sort of break those down firstly, um, oxygen. So oxygen is obviously in the air, it's in the atmosphere. If a fire doesn't have access to oxygen, it cannot burn. It's part of the... Um, chemical reaction that takes place for the fire to happen. For fuel, when we're talking about bushfires, by fuel we're generally uh, referring to things like leaf litter um, or the amount of vegetation that is in an area. Obviously an area that's got really dense vegetation and in particular if it's in an area that's been quite dry for a period of time, it's going to have a really large fuel load uh, because it will combust really easily if there's not much moisture in it. Here in Australia, another big issue for us with fuel is our eucalyptus trees. Eucalyptus trees contain a lot of oil, which is actually flammable, and it can combust or explode um, when the eucalyptus trees are on fire. So that contributes significantly to fuel as well. And then lastly in our fire triangle is the heat, or in other words, the source of ignition. So some bushfires can be lit um, during lightning strikes, during storms, and others, unfortunately, are intentionally lit by people. Uh, in that case, it's referred to as arson. So thinking about um, the fire triangle then, what makes an ideal bushfire condition or the most dangerous conditions for bushfires? So essentially, it's going to be very hot days, obviously during the summer months for us here in Australia. Um, and particularly if it's been hot for a long time, because again, that will have contributed to the fuel load. Other danger factors can also be strong winds. So wind enables fire to spread more easily and it can also carry embers from fires um, further afield to create spot fires. 
Um, and also if we have low humidity. So if there's less moisture in the air, things are going to burn more easily as well. So essentially the most dangerous um, day for bushfires would be um, high temperatures around uh, high 30s, 40 degrees after a heat wave that has also occurred, which is going to lead to uh, your fuel ban. Other factors to consider might be things like the terrain. So fire actually moves more quickly uphill uh, because as fire burns, um, the heat moves upwards and it preheats or it dries out the vegetation and the air in front of it, which actually leads to it moving much more quickly. Here in Australia, unfortunately, with climate change, we have been having longer periods of hotter weather, which has considerably contributed um, to the number of bushfires that we have had in recent years. So if you look at the record, we are having bushfires more frequently and also the magnitude of those bushfires is becoming much, much larger. So it's important to realise that bushfires are actually a natural part of the ecosystem and there's a number of um, native plant species in Australia that actually need bushfires in order for them to disperse seeds. Um, in addition, Indigenous peoples of Australia have been practising um, what's called as um, cool fire or mosaic burning um, for tens of thousands of years. Um, and it is something that is beneficial to the environment in small doses. What we want to avoid are these really large scale or large magnitude fires that destroy absolutely everything in their path and burn really large areas of land. Small uh, fires with less um, ferocity, they're actually good for the environment. Now, in terms of where bushfires are happening or their spatial distribution, mostly the big risk areas for bushfires in Australia are in the southern parts of Australia. So, for example, around your major cities like Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney and also Hobart in Tasmania. That's generally because, A, you've got um, quite a lot of vegetation in these areas, so there's a high fuel load that is present but also because you've got quite large populations around these areas. And unfortunately, a lot of these bushfires do start because of human ignition. So whether they're accidental ignition, so something like a uh, power line perhaps malfunctions and causes sparks, or whether it's intentionally lit arson, someone going out and setting fire to the bush, the higher the population you have, the higher the likelihood that the fire is actually going to start. One good example of um, a significant bushfire in Australia is the Black Saturday bushfires. Um, this was actually a series of fires that occurred uh, in February in 2009. Uh, there was about 400 different fires involved uh, across the state of Victoria. And it's also one of the deadliest bushfires Australia has ever had. There was a total of 173 people who were killed and over 2,000 homes were lost as a result of this fire. Um, the initial fire actually started from a malfunctioning power line, but there were additional fires uh, that were started intentionally. Uh, and these fires essentially combined to make one giant uh, wall of flames that were extremely difficult um, for firefighting crews to extinguish. Um, when this had occurred in Victoria, uh, they had actually had a long heat wave, um, so they'd had temperatures over 43 degrees for three days in a row. Um, 
pair that with a large fuel load and also very strong winds that were occurring on the day and unfortunately um, that combined for the ideal conditions for an extreme event. For mitigation of bushfires, there's actually a range of things that we can do to try um, and prevent. Firstly, bushfires from occurring, but also the damage that they cause. Um, so the first one to try and minimise it is actually cool burning. Um, so this is where pockets of bush are burnt before we reach um, the middle of summer or the danger periods for the fires, essentially to try and reduce the fuel load so there's less likelihood that a large fire can occur. We can also put in things um, like fire breaks, uh, which uh, are where the vegetation is removed between pockets of bushland so that if one part of the bushland catches on fire, it then can't move um, elsewhere. Additionally, we can also um, change things around people's homes. So things like um, putting building restrictions in certain areas that housing needs to be uh, made of fire resistant material. Also things like people having um, dams or large supplies of water next to their house in case fires break out. And also general maintenance like ensuring there's no leaf litter within gutters and people also having a evacuation plan should a fire occur.